welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Mike Freeman. Enjoy. Anyway, glad you were here, and and so I'm going to try to remember what I'm supposed to be doing right now, which is something in Mark. Oh, but first we're going to do this. I'd like uh, my friend and partner in crime uh, and sister, Kim Gray, if you would come on up here, okay? Because she's going to help in, in, in two, two things. Yes, give Kim a hand. She's... Kim oversees the, you know, the welcome center, the greeters... The meet and greets. She does a life group. We we both team in uh, in just yeah. Go ahead, take it um, in um, overseeing the the life groups. Um, I will say that instead of running them, because that would be a sorry state of affairs. If we were running them, that would be very sad. Uh, we want the Holy Spirit to lead. We just try to be present. Um, so anyway, but. She decided, and, and her husband, Tim, decided to be really present and, uh, and took us, um, well, I, I guess, I don't know, we kinda, did you take us or did we take you? No, Mike, a few months ago, said, hey, I'm going to go on a trip, and I'm like, I'm going with you. <laughs> so I invited myself on he and Rihanna's excursion. Yeah, well, okay, that's, that's not what that's, I'm calling this. Okay. okay so what I'm calling this uh, is uh, Tim and Kim's excellent adventure, Okay. <laughs> Do you, yeah, so, so can, can you tell us, where, where are you sitting right there? That's, that's you and Tim. That's beloved. in Gettysburg on a rock. On a rock, okay. <laughs> now that rock was part of Devil's Den. Oh, okay. Devil's, Devil's Den, Den. Den, yes. Facing big round top. Okay, so anyway, yes, Tim and Kim's excellent adventure. Oh, yeah, Mike and Rihanna were there too. Um, I drove, I was there, their Uber excellent adventure driver. <laughs> Rihanna was the navigator. You guys sat in it back. Was it was so fun. We just, so we chauffeured them all over Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania. I mean, it was amazing. So, and I know this is one of the things near and dear to all of you. You always love it when people show you... Our vacation slides. Yeah, vacation slides. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. So, so we start off, okay. We were driving to Antietam, Sharpsburg, Maryland, and who do we encounter? We encounter... Civil these, War soldiers. Yeah, there you go. Three, three Yankees. Three Yankees. We saw them, they were walking, we were driving, and they were walking towards us. I, like, lo- I love the, the fact, Kim, that you're wearing a shirt with a peace sign. <laughs> this is all you need is love between men armed with muskets and bayonets fixed. I just love that. But they were the only reenactors we saw the whole time, all the places that we went. They were walking down the road. We just stopped, got out, and... And we said, can we take a picture with you? And we just, oh, we were just like getting school kids. <laughs> so and so And so we went on from there. What, what else? What, where else did we? Oh, oh, oh yeah, Bull Run, Manassas. Yes. This is us hamming it up beneath the statue of Stonewall, Stonewall Jackson. Jackson. In Manassas, Virginia. Like oh, and, and this is why. Go, go to the next one. Because he's like a superhero. <laughs> I mean, I've seen pictures of Stonewall Jackson. And do you know the name of his horse? He probably does CrossFit. <laughs> I don't know the name of his horse. Do, do you know the name of his horse? 
I don't. Just, I don't. Just a, just a little trivia quiz. Sparky. Stonewall Jackson's horse was named Little Sorrel. What about uh, Robert E. Lee's I horse? I did not know I was going to get a quiz on You this. are. I told you it would be fun. Robert E. Lee's. It'd be fun. I don't remember. Okay. Anybody know the name of Robert, Robert. E. Lee's horse? Trigger? No, no. Traveler. Close. <laughs> That's Roy Rogers, I think. Um, and just, just to make it even and fair, Ulysses S. Grant's horse was named Cincinnati. Okay. So anyway. Who knows so, these things? Only Mike knows these but it's things. But like, it's like, he's like a superhero. I mean, bulging muscles and the horse. Giant. Yeah. So we just, anyway. So that was Manassas, Virginia. Where else did we go? What's that? Okay. We went around Malvern Hill. Oh, that was a day. Oh, was that's such a my fun son. Day. My son lives back there. And so he came with us. Josh is there too. He's got that's the best smile we could hair. get out of Rihanna pretty much the whole time. That's uh, <laughs> just all we could do with her. Oh, but Malvern Hill, oh. Cold Harbor. Oh, and then this spot, the intersection of Mitchell and Cedar. It was, um, it was very meaningful for us where Mitchell merged into Cedar, Cedar. Oh. Cedar Mountain Drive. Okay, and where else, where else did we go? Oh, okay, Rihanna and I, I are driving, trying to catch up to they you guys because you just, boom, way yeah. on ahead. Yeah. And we saw a sign, Stonewall Jackson's death spot. And, we th and I, I looked at Rihanna and said, we've got to go visit Stonewall Jackson's death spot. And I knew that was Guinea Station in Virginia. So we pulled off, and there's this little monument there. And next to it was, let's see, on the next one, I think. Yeah, so there's this picture, the death of Stonewall Jackson, and you have all these southern bells lamenting and mourning. Aww. I said, hey, Rihanna, I want you to act appropriately sorrowful and mourning. Okay, and so, and so, <laughs> and so she did. It was such a beautiful moment. That is beautiful. And then, okay, we went on from there. Where else did we go? Uh, we went to, oh, Gettysburg. Gettysburg. Okay, let me announce to you. This is like 18 flights up on a tower. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is the Longstreet Tower. Was, yeah. You're facing big round top, little round top, cemetery, uh, cemetery ridge, cemetery hill. Um, it is the most peaceful place on the planet. We, we kept, didn't we keep saying this everywhere we went? What a beautiful, peaceful place to come and fight and die. Or like how many hundreds of thousands of people died? But, but the, no, well, yeah, just How many, a lot a, died a bunch, in Gettysburg, a bunch, a bunch, um, a bunch. Many, many, many people. But it was really peaceful now, like a cemetery. This is us walking across the, uh, the field of Pickett's Charge, which is about one mile from Seminary Ridge to, to, to Cemetery Ridge, appropriately named. And, and then I believe the next one, yeah, well, Rihanna calls this my Jesus moment. Look. Because I sat at the angle <laughs> on Cemetery Ridge. And I was reading excerpts from the sacred scripture, he really was. Gettysburg by story. Alan Guelzo about what happened in the angle. And, and, and let me just tell you, this is my plan, okay? Oh, what's a retirement age? Is it like 85? For, when do we retire? 65? For pastors? For pastors? Like 95. Yeah, yeah. But okay. 65. I think the Gettysburg Vineyard is going to be a thing. I know. We're, we're going to go plant a Gettysburg we're, Vineyard. Aren't they we? need Jesus in Gettysburg. They need, they need Jesus. We can, do, we can do nightly Holy Ghost tours. Yes. Which would be fantastic. Um, but oh my gosh, yes. Wouldn't that, that be amazing? That's such a good idea. That'd be so amazing. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, Gettysburg was just absolutely amazing. Then we went to Washington, D.C. Oh. On, on the next day, this is me sitting on the steps of the Supreme Court. This is my birthday, Supreme by the Court. way. Oh, it was on your birthday. birthday. Yes. I should have put in the birthday picture up in the tower. That's all right. Oh, okay. That's all, right. Anyway. It's all right. It's not that big But a this was actually just on the way. I, I, Rihanna told me to knock on the door. No one answered. Okay, so. Supreme Court was um, closed that day. They were just busy. Okay. okay. And, but this was, this was it. This was our final stop before returning home. This is the Library of Congress. I, I so cool there. I, I actually, I bought a mug <laughs> in the Library of Congress. It was like 
I feel like I'm Oh my gosh, Mike much. and okay. Rihanna um, were nerding out. Oh my gosh. Nerding so, out. So there are these portals all along. Oh, let's see. What did this one say? I should, uh, what does that one say? That says, oh gosh, hang on. What does that say? Oh, beholding the bright countenance of truth in the quiet and still air of delightful studies. Next slide. Books will speak plain when counselors blanch. That means when they grow, yeah, that, that, well, it drains from their face. Books must follow sciences and not sciences books. Each of these is a sermon potentially in itself. But this led then to what I would refer to as the Holy of Holies, <laughs> which was behind glass. You can't even, you can't get there unless you're special. No, I just, That's I leaned onto the glass and pressed <laughs> my face against it. Tear dropped down his eyes. Tears, and I, and I said, I want, Let me in. I want to go to there. How, want, how do how, I go to there? And there was a very annoyed security guard that, that came up and said, you need to get a card. And so Rihanna and I looked at each other and we got cards. They have library cards from the Library of Congress. We are both certified members of the Library of Congress. Right. And we were so excited that we both, I mean, they Rihanna. Were, it's a library. She, she, she like, she like did, did she not, it was like a, a high octave <laughs> squeal. Yeah. <laughs> I was just a little bit lower. Because we both squealed like ex excited loud. school girls. I don't, I don't just, know, is that, is that like two? Anyway. I don't know. But, you but guys we, were yeah, loud though in the library. And we high-fived each other in the library of Congress. And you know what happened? Do you know what what's the librarian do if you're loud in the library? <laughs> And we both looked at each other and we said, we were both just shushed by a librarian in the Library of Congress. It's true. It is true. And Tim, too. Like, if you know my husband, most of the time you're like, speak up. I can't hear you. Speak up. He got shushed in the Library of Congress. I didn't think and that, I was, thought a, that, was, that, that hilarious. was a significant achievement, but... <laughs> Not quite as significant as I know. This one. Just because I'm involved with this one in Rihanna. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Wow. Now, the thing is, though, is well. so can we go in now? Can we get in? And they said, Do you have an appointment? So come back tomorrow, which means we're going to have a Library of Congress session. We're going to research something in the Library of Congress in October of 2022, God willing. Yeah. There we go. That's the next trip. So that was a really long road to take to get to the shushing. Because yeah. librarians shush us, and we're actually rather accomplished shushers ourselves. And we're reading a Jesus story this week, where, in fact, there are three Jesus stories. We're gonna dip into three Jesus Jericho stories that everyone involved in each story, somebody either did or really wanted to shush them. Okay, so. Kim is here. This is, this is actually the official... Okay, okay. start of his... Per, yeah, this is the, the, the real purpose, because Kim's going to read the text. So it's Mark chapter 10, right? Yep, starting in verse 35. Verse 35. It's uh, James and John yes. coming with a request, but it wasn't really James and John, was it? Who was it? It was their mama. It was their mother. Mother of James and John. According to Matthew, it's the mother of James and John. Mark leaves mom out. Matthew puts her Mark? front and center. We're just... What's wrong with Mark? And Kim is reading because a mom needs to read the story. So, Kim, take okay, it away. Well, here we go. James and John, Zebedee's sons, came up to him, well, the mom, 
Teacher, we have something we want you to do for us. What is it? I'll see what I can do. Arrange it, they said, so that we will be awarded the highest places of honor in your glory, one of us at your right and the other at your left. And Jesus said, you have no idea what you're asking. Are you capable of drinking the cup, of being baptized and the baptism I'm about to be plunged into? Sure, why not? (laughs) Jesus said, okay, come to think of it, you will be drinking the cup I drink and be baptized in my baptism. But as to awarding places of honor, that is not my business. There are other arrangements for that. When the other 10 heard of the conversation, they lost it. Their tempers, they went off, right? Okay, with James and John, so the siblings are fighting. Moms, you you know what I'm talking about? Jesus got them together to settle things down. You've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, he said. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held hostage. They spent some time in Jericho as Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples and a parade of people. A blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting alongside the road when he heard that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by, and he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus, mercy, have mercy on me. Many tried to Hush him. But he yelled all the louder, Son of David, mercy, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped in his tracks. Call him over. They called him. It's your lucky day. Get up. He's calling you to come. Throwing off his coat, he was on his feet and at once came to Jesus. And Jesus said, What can I do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. On your way, said Jesus, your faith has saved and healed you. In that very instant, he recovered his sight and followed Jesus down the road. This is God's word. Thank you, Kim. Yes. The illustrious Kim Gray. Thank Thank you. Wow, so there are the stories. Now that has two stories. They're going to be a total of three, and they're all Jericho stories. And, oh, we should have just enough time to just enough time to dip in uh, just a bit to these. Now, where we are in the journey of Jesus, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark, and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. It's the end game. It's the final stop, Jerusalem. And in fact, what precedes the story of James and John asking for the seat of honor, or the mother of James and John, who, by the way, just happened to also be named Salome meaning peace. There's another Salome in the story that Mark, well, he tells us the story of the daughter of Herodias who approached the king, Herod, and asked for whatever she wanted. Her name also is Salome. Interesting. And they both have radically different responses. Herod did not ask, what is it that you want? Jesus said, what is it that you want? Follow Jesus, not Herod. Okay. Uh, Because it's, what do you want? But this is on the way to Jerusalem, Jericho is the last stop before Jerusalem. 
And what Jesus said was going to happen, this is the immediate context in Mark as they were on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus leading the way. The disciples were astonished. Those who followed were afraid. And again, he took the 12 aside, told them that it was going to happen to him. We're going to go up to Jerusalem, he said. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And they will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And three days later, he will rise. Now, James and John evidently burned through the first, well, all the flogging and killing and spitting and rejecting and went right to, will rise. And when he rises to power, we want to rise to power with you. That's the context of this. It's kind of a grim journey. And Jericho is actually at the bottom of the pit. Uh, it's like 800 feet below sea level. Let's just go ahead and let's get the, the map up here as far as where Jericho is. Um, and so we've got, um, well, we've got Jesus heading south from Galilee. He tries to go through Samaria, and what happens? They turn him away. I think he wanted to repeat that earlier journey that took place way back. John records it in John chapter 4. He had the discussion at the, at the well with, with the, the woman at the well in Sychar, or Sychar. And, but he's turned away, and so they proceed down the customary route uh, along the Jordan. All right, there, there's a... There's a lesson right here, all right? And that is when you encounter rejection, what do you do? Well, of course, you hunch over and you blow through it. What Jesus did was deflected. Jesus deflected. Now, James and John wanted fire from heaven to consume the Samaritans. Finally, this time, fire from the sons of thunder, right? Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're of, and they bounce around, going, crossing the Jordan, going down the other side of the Jordan, and then crossing the Jordan just like another Joshua did centuries before. And then they enter the city of, of Jericho. Now, uh, Jericho, let's get that, let's get that map uh, back up here again if we could. Yeah, because we've got Jericho. In fact, the next one, um, there we go. This is more the 3D effect. I mean, that looks pretty extreme, but it is actually fairly extreme. Jericho, uh, okay, I Googled it yesterday, and Jericho is like 825 feet below sea level. Um, Jerusalem is like 2,500 feet above sea level. The Mount of Olives is like 2,700 feet above sea level. So it's like a 3,500-foot climb over 30 miles, and that's your terrain. So just understand that Jesus in Jericho sees the end coming, and it's after a very long climb. All right, so that's the setting, that's the context as he now enters Jericho. Now, when we think of Jericho, what story do you think of? What's the Bible story you think of? Joshua and the walls, right? Okay, and so, yeah, this, this would be the Jericho story that we're most familiar with, probably. And that is Joshua. Now, Joshua is the same name as who else? Oh, yeah, Jesus. See, Yeshua, Yehoshua, Jesus, 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 Joshua, same name. It means salvation, right? Uh, or as I, as I was just seeing in a, um, uh, just picked up, it was the First Nations version. And they translate biblical names rather than just transliterating them. Actually, to help us, they just put the, the English transliterations we're familiar with in parentheses. But you know how they translate Jesus? Creator sets free. That's Jesus. Creator sets free. And so creator sets free. 
Now, Creator Sets Free came and freed them all of their lives, their property, their walls, and killed them all. We really need to know to which Joshua we are students. Because that's not what this Joshua did. When this Joshua came, this Jesus came, our Jesus came. There are three stories that, that highlight the essential difference between Joshua and Joshua. And, you know, we struggle with that story, and, and that's another whole thing, another whole lesson in itself. Uh, I'm, I'm leading a group on, uh, well, first and third Sundays before a service called Making the Bible Less Weird. And this is one of the things, not weird, it's, it's, this is just hard. How do we even deal with that? And basically what we have is we have a, I mean, I thought about this. How can we frame the story uh, just for our generation? Well, we could say this was a non-Caucasian, homeless, slave-descended, immigrant horde that tore down the walls of the property landowners and took it. Um, story has problems regardless. There's just no framing this that escapes and evades the difficulty. And so what we need to do at this point is we just need to shift because God, the image of God, is revealed ultimately, completely, and definitively in our Joshua. Everything else bows down. This is who God is. This is what happens when God shows up at Jericho. A city once cursed, and the one who rebuilds it will do so with the loss of his firstborn and will finish with the loss of his lastborn, I think is how it went. So it's like this cursed place, and, and now our Jesus comes through. So we have three stories. Quick review. These are what the stories are, um, because we, 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 want to, we want to get the picture of these. So if we can go to the stories. i got story pictures. There we go. Approaching Jericho, Salome. All right, the mother on behalf of the two sons and all the disciples, of course, wanted to shush her and them, mostly because they hadn't thought of it first and no one else's mom came along for the journey. Um, but that's story number one, approaching Jericho. Story number two, passing through Jericho. Mark does not tell this story. Luke would interrupt him and say, whoa, you're leaving out a huge story right here in the middle of Jericho. And that is Jesus passing through, has his encounter. We know the name is Zacchaeus. Zankaios is the name, Zankai, uh, which means purity, ironically. And, and we'll talk about that quickly. And then the third story, leaving Jericho, which is the blind beggar Bartimaeus, only named in Mark's account, Luke actually says this happened while they were entering. Matthew says, yes, it was after, but there were two. So it, it's an interesting effort to harmonize them. And I would say, why would you want to harmonize them? Let's, let's let the three together. And in fact, if, if there's a book that I was going to write, I'd probably write a Diatessaron remix. Uh, Diatessaron was the first effort in church history to write a harmony of the four Gospels by Tatian, who was the Assyrian or the Syrian father. Um, and I would put the four storytellers at a table, and it's an evening with four ancient storytellers as they're like an old couple arguing over the details of what happened next. And where were we? No, that's not the way it was. Have you ever witnessed this? An old couple, and, and what do you say every time? Can you just get to the story? 
and stop arguing over the details. Just get to the story. But it would, so anyway, that's the story, these three. And so looking at the approaching Jericho story, uh, which really sets the tone and also gives us our, our title page, because what happened, what happened is Jesus has Salome coming to him and says that she worshiped him. Okay, and we just need to understand what that is, because uh, you know, worship in this case, the most basic expression of worship, let me just demonstrate the basic expression of worship. It is this, what am I doing? Take it out of a church context. You're saying, well, I'm worshiping God. Put this on the street. What am I doing? I'm begging. Proskunel. You're kissing towards. You're on your knees. And if you're desperate enough, you're on your face. And you're saying, please, please. It's a position of prostration. It's a, a position of, of complete humility and desperation. That's proskunel. That's worshiping, kiss towards. And so she comes, she worships, uh, she begs, please, when you rise to power, let these my sons, one be on the right, one on the left. What does Jesus answer to her? You don't know what you're asking for. What is true about just, just about everything that we ever pray for in life, we don't know what we're asking for. And so be careful what you ask for. Be careful presuming that you know this is exactly how things are going to play out. This is what I want. There it is, God. Come on, do this. The irony in this, because Jesus said, this isn't mine to give you. The Father, the positions are for those prepared beforehand for my Father, correct? Are you able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Which, yes, Kim, is a tongue twister right there. And they, of course, say, we are able. Yes, bring it on. We will do it. And Jesus said, okay, you've got the cup, you've got the baptism, can't give you the spots, though. The irony is that Jesus, from one perspective, when he is on the throne of his glory, which according to the Gospel of John, what would the throne of his glory be? Well, it would be the place where he assumed this position. Yes? That's when his glory was ultimately revealed, right? Ultimate place. When the Son of Man is lifted up, I will draw all men to me. This is the glory. What we regard as the greatest shame, this is the glory. And let's see, who are the two? There was one on the right and one on the left. Places prepared by the Father. Who were they? Oh, those were those bandits, revolutionaries, murderers. We, call, we translated thieves. They were just violent insurrectionists on each side. Both of them started off cursing him and mocking him. One woke up halfway through and, and said, you're the, you're, you're the Christ, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The other, well, if you watch the passing, a crow plucked his eye out. It wasn't pretty. Do you want a place of honor? I don't think you know what you're asking for. And then he makes that pronouncement. He says, my kingdom, the kingdom of God, is not like the systems you see happening. I'm not just bringing an updated political system that is finally going to be a fair political system, a just and a righteous political system. I'm not coming to do the same thing, just shaped up, cleaned up, and made more better and more godly. Because if you have the right, you know, as long as you got the Christ up there, then now power will be great. Now, you're misunderstanding. No. 
because in this kingdom, the one who serves is greater. And, we, and Kenny did such a beautiful job a few weeks ago just going through this. This is a revisiting of that, the one who serves. The lastest is the greatest, right? The leastest is the most. And so I have come to you, and the Son of Man comes to you not as one to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's our challenge to follow this morning. Follow me, Jesus says. Into what? Follow me into a self-offering love that hears those others would shush. That's the combined lesson of the three Jericho stories. We are among people as servants. And if we have any vestments, it's going to be a server's apron. I just actually have this because I like pockets. Pockets are cool. And I do get coffee orders. Calvin, can you, are you taking orders? Right? I've got a pad and I've got a pen. I do take orders. Sometimes I even call back. Our holy vestments in the kingdom of God, a service apron, if anything. Follow me into a self-offering life in which we hear those that others would shush. Now, yes, all of them wanted to shush Salome, wanted to shush the two brothers, very indignant. Jesus gave her voice, Jesus acknowledges them, and then Jesus speaks to all of them. Um, that's approaching Jericho. Again, last stop before, it's not a plunge, it's actually the hike. On the other side of which is the whole point of his ministry. Rihanna actually wrote this in the devotions this week uh, on Tuesday. The way of the kingdom is different from the way of human systems. It turns our ideas of status and leadership on their head. From a kingdom worldview, the question is not who, um, is not what position am I going to have at the table? The real question is, in what ways can I serve and love the people around me? Perhaps this is the kind of question that we also need to learn to ask. Lord, she prays, shape our worldviews to align with your kingdom. All right, so that's story number one. Now watch as this takes off and is center stage story number two. This is the Zacchaeus story. Now, it wasn't there. We're just allowing Luke to interrupt Mark and say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're leaving out this really, really important story. Actually, I think I've got it right here if my computer doesn't die. Okay, that could happen any time, but I should still have it. Okay, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zancaios, Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. Are you guys familiar with this story? Well, we sing the song in Sunday school. We just need to learn to sing the song in the streets and in chat rooms and in threads and social media. He ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him, and since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. Curiously, this is the same word that's going to be used when the blind man says, Lord, I want to see. Same word, anablepo, to see again or to see up. It's like Jesus' eyes are open, he pauses, he looks, and he sees. Blind eyes are open, and he sees who's up in the tree. Jesus reaches the spot, looks up, says to him, Zankaios. His name means purity, and everyone hates his gut, thinks he's the most slimy 
and corrupt individual in town. His name is a mockery. His name is impurity, impurity at best, or we can think of a whole lot worse names to call him. But Zonkaios, he calls out his name. He acknowledges him. Zonkaios, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, what is Jesus doing? He's passing through. What did he just allow himself to be interrupted? Pause button hit. It's just the most important journey of his life. But the pause button is hit. And the wee man in the tree, who, by the way, is he's the ultimate insider, people. We say that the outsiders, well, we're all outsiders to somebody, insiders to someone else. He's an insider with all the wealth and all the power. See, here's the thing. Jesus in favoring and showing grace to the losers, did so in such a way where he never turned a cold shoulder to the winners. He knew how to embrace both. You can fill in the blanks in our current political and societal conditions. Embrace one, and you have to go home with the other. All right? From beggars to the bourgeois, Jesus embraces them all. Now, Zonkaios is pinching himself. I think he just about fell out of the tree. He came down at once. I'm thinking maybe that's a fall. He came down immediately. I think he lost his perch, and he fell immediately. Boom, he's down. There he is. And then he welcomed him gladly. What that means is he received him as a host. That's the specific word used for a host receiving, a guest. So he came up. Now, host, you know how hosts receive guests? In that culture, try this next time you have a visitor come into your house, especially if they don't really know you. It just messes with them. Because you worship your, your visitors, your guests. You fall down at the door, at the threshold, on your knees, and say, I am your servant, and I offer you my hospitality. Let me fetch some water for your feet. Let me take your coat. Let me, And then either kissing the feet or getting up to kiss the face on both sides. Very COVID unfriendly. <laughs> so yeah, just try receiving someone. Great ushers, greeters, go for it. <laughs> what would that do to people walking through our doors? I came in and this person just went, oh, you're humble servants. Please, let me fetch some water for you. May I get you some coffee? Whoa, talk about hospitality counter. Wow. OK. Zacchaeus, on the spot, says, Lord, look. Now, Jesus had just had an encounter with the rich young ruler, right? And he says, go sell all that you have, give it to the poor. Zancaios hasn't even been asked anything yet. He offers on the spot. He says, Lord, right here and now, half of everything I have to the poor. Jesus is saying, your prospects are already considerably up there. Why not all? Well, because I need something with which to repay everyone that I cheated. There are people I owe things to. And so Jesus hears this, and he says, what? Today, salvation. What does the name of Jesus mean? Salvation. So it's kind of a pun on his own name. Today, Jesus. Salvation, wholeness, healing, freedom, embrace, redemption, identity has come to this house. 
Because this man too is a son of Abraham. I can only imagine what those words meant to those parched ears. And then he adds, tacking right on with what Mark had just reported, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So that's passing through Jericho. He stayed for lunch at the worst person's house in, in, in town, at least from the viewpoint of the peasantry. And then we go on for the rest of the story. Yes, Luke says, no, that already happened. But the others say, shh, <laughs> Luke, it's as he exits. And for our purposes, it works nicely. We have the approach asking for, well, their own prospects. We have passing through, and it's the exaltation of one that was despised by all. And now it is the exit, and it's the blind man, Bartimaeus. A story with Bartimaeus, uh, Bartimaeus, son of honor. Wow. Think on that one for a minute. Do you know the Greek word for poor, which is what Bartimaeus as a beggar was? You know what the Greek word is? Tokos. Tokos. That's poor. Blessed are the tokoi in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It just has a little bit more of a punch in the Greek. It's one of those that imitates the sound. We, this is somebody that you spit at because they're not worth the time of day. And so there's a ptokos on the side of the road begging, and he's blind to boot. And there may have been two, Matthew says. And they ask, what's all this? There's a great commotion because now there's like this throng of pilgrims who are probably also, this is Passover season, so they're going up to Jerusalem. They're taking the Jericho Road. It's going to be a bit of a long procession as they sang their songs of ascent on this long hike through barren desert. And so they're all going, and Jesus probably, okay, here it is. Here it is. We take the plunge. And then he hears... The screams of a tokos over the crowd. Jesus, Nazarene, son of David, have mercy on me. Now you do that in here, we will call the Garden City Police, and they will minister to you. <laughs> Not really. Well, too often in our public gatherings, we have a high value for decorum. There's no decorum here, it's just... It's, it's an impromptu, thronging procession. And people are shushing him, right? Shut up! Be quiet! Who in your life are you saying, shut up! Be quiet! But all the more he yelled out the louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me! Have mercy on me, Jesus! And Jesus stops pause button, hit again. This would be another title for the morning. Follow me into a highly interruptible life. Pause button, hit. Call him to come over. I love that. It's a blind man or two. Yeah. Come on. Come, follow the sound of my voice. But I think there's a lesson in this as well. Now you read Luke's account and it says others are bringing him. But just let it stand in Mark. I just love that. I just hear the voice. I'm moving towards it. 
and hopefully I won't fall off of a precipice, right? I love that because that's so often, that, that's how we find and feel our way towards the Jesus who already has his eyes right on us, saying, be a good cheer, come. And they're saying, hey, it's your lucky day, come on, come on. And there he goes, he drops his cloak, huge symbolism here, he, he drops his beggar's cloak, and then he falls down. Again, we're assuming the position, right? Yet again. And Jesus says, what do you want? Because let's not assume. Maybe he kind of likes his blindness. Maybe it's something else. What do you want? And he says, Rabbi, that I can see again. And Jesus touches his eyes. I think that's in one of the other accounts. This one just says he spoke it. But the others, he touched the eyes. No mention of spit this time. He had a fondness for doing that with blind people, spitting in their eyes or making mud and rubbing them in there. But touching the eyes, speaking the word, and he says, go. And the Greek is, your faith has saved you or healed you, made you whole. The Hebrew, I, I was just curious how the Hebrew would read, at least in the Hebrew translation that I've got, probably somewhere in the ballpark of it is, it's lech, go, same word to Abraham, right? Go to the land that I will show you. Go, lech, emunotecha, hoshea, otecha. Your faith has hosead you. It's just, it's just the verb form of Jesus' name. Your faith has jesus you. We so desperately need to be jesus All of us need to be Jesus so desperately, don't we? Our churches need to be jesus Our culture needs to be jesus Our politics, ugh, need to be jesus With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Just watch how Jesus Jesus people. And you have three stories here. So, follow me, Jesus says. Follow me into a life of self-offering love that hears those others would shush. Let's shake off the ancient shackles within our own culture and history of shushing one another, of shushing various classes of one another. And let us be kingdom people who call out the sonship and the daughtership of someone up in a tree that everyone would rather you pass by and ignore because he doesn't deserve a thing from you. Or the tokos on the side of the road who's blind and you hit the pause button, and you go, you see, you serve. Let's, let's go ahead and stand. Uh, oh. oh, let's see. Oh, good, you're here. Good. Okay. I shouldn't have doubted. Oh, you have little faith. Help. My, I believe, just help my unbelief. I did expect to see Jesse back here, so yay, yay. Jesse, you're here. It's really you. <laughs> There's Trevor. 
Okay. They're all here. Okay. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm tempted to ask, are there any, are there any Bartimaeuses present? But I think the reality is, if you're a Bartimaeus, we would have already heard you screaming. It's amazing, the screams, the pain. What we so want to voice, we stuff down. And it's not just inside here, but through so much of here. Life we go through and we don't give voice. And he's always ready for your voice. It's not about a public show. It's, it's about the earnest expression, which he never despises. He who comes to me, I will never turn away. Never. So Lord, I know we have words that are on the screen, needs, things seen and spoken over needs present in this assembly here this morning or right out there, Lord, remotely, whoever is watching this, whenever they're watching it, Lord. You don't need an audience. In fact, so often you avoided the audience. You took people aside privately. So whoever's just watching this by themselves in this moment, he sees you, he hears you, and he hears the cry of your heart. Lord, free us to cry out with a blind beggar who saw more than so many of us do, Lord. Jesus, Nazarene, son of David, Mercy me. Mercy me. Come, Lord. Saturate this place with your healing presence. You who became poor, so that we through your poverty might become wealthy. with the riches that moth and rust cannot corrupt. Lord, meet us here in this place. Meet us wherever we're sitting at this moment, hearing this message, listening to this story. Let us be students of Jesus the Nazarene, this Joshua, Lord. And let us call out one another's humanity, God-given identity, hidden within each of us, buried within each of us from birth, Lord. For you are the light that shines upon every human being. Come, Lord. Okay, I don't know. Well, you guys just, yeah, just play. Some of you need to go get kids because they're going to be children's workers who are going to be screaming. Parents have mercy upon us. But if you can linger, linger. And we got people here, prayer team here, who are ready. You don't have to shout, but you can. It's okay, we won't be afraid of you. And we'd love to pray with you. Okay, so look at the needs on the board. It speaks to you of something unspoken. 
not on the screen, but it's still your scream. Come forward and receive prayer this morning. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.